So you have heard KMIH telling scary stories, no? Well, you're in luck. Tonight, a few of the staff members of 88.9 The Bridge presents Suspense. Tonight, we bring you The House in Cypress Canyon, a suspenseful play that originally aired December 5th, 1946, and is consistently cited as one of the most terrifying programs ever broadcast during radio's golden age. Originally written by Robert L. Richards, but today produced, edited, and directed by Sadie Jensen. Starring Annabelle Hegarty as Sam, Caroline Capuano as Jerry, Sadie Jensen as Jamie, and Jonathan Agar as Ellis. Also featuring Jenna, Sophia, Theo, Luca, Paige, Kate, Yasmin, Teresa, and finally me, Joe Bryant, in the house in Cypress Canyon. Merry Christmas, Jerry. How's the real estate business? <laughs> kind of early with the greeting, aren't you, Sam? Well, I gotta get them in sometimes. I may not see you again until next Christmas. If this real estate racket gets any crazier, I'll be dead by next Christmas. <laughs> I'm glad you got up here, though, Sam. What's on your mind, Jerry? Uh, you, you'll probably shoot me when you hear it, Sam, because I'm probably nuts. But, but doggone it, you're a detective and you're my pal and I just had to tell somebody. Well, you sound like it's serious. That's just it. I don't know what it is, Sam, but now listen. You, you know, we're agents for a group of houses up in Cypress Canyon. Mm-hmm. Those places that were started before the war never got finished. Oh, yeah? All they got in were the foundations, just concrete and a couple of beams. Well, they've been finished now. In fact, I'm putting up the for rent on the last of them today. Well, what do you want? Police protection from the mob? Listen, Sam. This house that I'm talking about, it's got a number now, uh, 2256. But before, when the men went back to work on it, about three months ago, well, they started when the foreman on the job brought me a shoebox that he'd found up on a beam. And this box had a, what do you call it, a manuscript in it? A kind of story all written out. Yeah? Well, he gave me the thing. I read it. I didn't think much about it. I put it in my desk, but... The other day, as I happened to drive by there, I saw the number on the house and what the house looked like, and I thought of this manuscript. It, well, I don't like it, that's all. There's something funny about it. Well, what's funny about it? Well, mind you, this thing was found in an unfinished house in Cypress Canyon. House was only just started building. All right. Well, listen, Sam, I want to read it to you, if you've got time. Then you'll see what I mean. All right, shoot. Well, here's how it begins. Uh, To whom it may concern, my reasons for setting down on paper what follows here will be Be abundantly abundantly clear to anyone into whose possession it may fall. First, let me say that I'm a very ordinary person. My name is Jamie A. Woods. I'm 35 years old, by profession a chemical engineer. My husband, Ellis, was a school teacher when I met and married him in Indiana seven years ago. There's nothing in the past life of either one of us to suggest remotely any cause or reason for the dreadful thing that has invaded our lives. Our married life has been in no way different from that of millions of other average, reasonably happy families. Three months ago, I was ordered by my firm to take charge of a rather minor project in Los Angeles, or Hollywood, to be exact. The order was a sudden one. There'd be no time to secure accommodations, and 
Conditions being what they are, the inevitable result was that, until the day before yesterday, we've been living in the cramped corners of one of those characteristic California motels. Needless to say, most of our spare time has been devoted to a search for something more permanent and comfortable, but the fruits of these efforts have been financially and in every other way a geometrical progression of discouragement. Until last Saturday afternoon, only four days before Christmas, we were driving into town on our way to a movie when Ellis saw it. Jamie, look! What? That sign, in front of the real estate office. Oh, yeah, yeah? Don't you see what it says? For rent, furnished, two-bedroom house, close-in, immediate occupancy. Yeah, uh-huh. Aren't you gonna stop? Oh, Ellis, you know what a sign like that means right out in plain sight in front of the real estate office. Oh, yeah, but Jamie... Probably they want $600 a month. We'll never know until we ask. If it's any good at all, there'll probably be 50 people fighting over it. Well, there's no harm in trying now, is there? You really want to go back? Aw, uh, it's probably foolish. But what can we lose? Okay. Oh, come on. Cheer up. How do you know? Maybe Fate's gonna give us a nice house for her Christmas present. Oh, um, we're sorry to bother you, but we just happened to see the for rent sign outside and, um... Oh yeah, I hung it outside just this minute. Is, is the house available? Why, sure, sure it is. Um, let me introduce myself. My name is Jamie A. Woods, and this is my husband, Ellis. How do you do? Wow, looks like it's fixin' terrain. Yes, so it does, doesn't it? Well, it was one of those things. The real estate agent had just been authorized to rent the place by mail that morning, and he hardly had time to look at it himself and put up his sign when we drove up. It was... Just an ordinary little California house about halfway up Cypress Canyon, number 2256. Just an ordinary, undistinguished little house. The agent didn't know much about it. Construction on it had been stopped by the war, and it had just been completed and furnished lately. Been empty a while. Somebody's estate was being settled, and now it was owned by a bank in Sacramento. Of course, we didn't care about that. Got this key in the mail along with the authorization to rent. Only one there is. Of course, you can have duplicates made. Seems a little sticky. Oh well, there it is. It doesn't sound as though that door has ever been opened. Well, a little oil on the hinges will fix that all right. Oh, sure. Well, here's your living room. Furniture's a little dusty, of course. You gotta expect that. It's good furniture, though. You see? Benson Brothers. Yeah, uh-huh. Now, over here is a little den. Panel, you see? Radio, fireplace. Really a very attractive little room. Uh-huh. Yep. Now, the, the bedroom's off the living room here. Everything's all on one floor. You understand? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, quite nice, I think. Yes, uh-huh. You can see you get the morning sun here. There's a view of the canyon through these front windows. You got cross ventilation. That's about all there was to it. It wasn't the best place in the world. It was small and badly built, but what would you have done? We took it, with as little as inspection as that. It was the Saturday before Christmas, and the very same evening, we were struggling up the steps from the road with suitcases and boxes and armloads of clothes and, and all of the endless stuff that people collect and never know they have until they move. Alice began unpacking, and I began moving things around, and taking the worst of the pictures off the wall, doing all the little things that everybody does when they move into a new place and try to give it some of their own personality. 
Don't be such a sourpuss. You know, it's a roof over our heads for Christmas. That's more than we ever thought we'd get, isn't it? Now, what in the world are we going to do with those two pictures? Well, why don't we just leave them where they are? Jamie, we can't. They're too awful. Uh, all right. Put them in the closet, then. I can't. Both the closets are jammed full. No, I mean the other one, in the a clove off the den. At least there's a door there. I suppose it's a closet. I don't know. <laughs> if that isn't a commentary on the housing problem, huh? A woman moving into a house without even knowing where all the closets are? Take the pictures down, will ya, honey? Bring them in here. Okay, okay. Guess you'll have to help me with this door. I can't get it open. Let me see. Well, of course you can't, Silly. It's locked. Where are those keys we found in the desk? Here they are. Nope, not this one. Sure, this one will work. Nope. Feels like an awful solid door for a closet. Hmm, that's one solid door in the house. Nope, this one won't do either. We'll just have a locksmith up here on Monday. I'll put the pictures behind the desk, okay? Yeah, yeah. All right. Jamie, if you could help me move this armchair, huh? Oh, Ellis, won't you let it go until tomorrow? You know what time it is. Oh, but honey, I'd like to get the place looking in just a little bit. Yeah, but it's almost midnight. In fact, it's exactly... What was that? (laughs) Tomcat, I guess. Out in the brush somewhere. Sounded nearer. (laughs) I hope that doesn't go on all night. Oh, there isn't much we can do about it. Come on, Jamie. I'm dead tired. All right, Ellis. Where do you put the toothpaste, honey? It's right in the medicine cabinet. Oh, yeah. Ellis, we ought to get some firewood tomorrow. You know, a fire in that. We can't. It's Sunday. Well, Monday then. Jamie, I think red curtains are what we need, don't you? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know... Just at least for the living room. Anyway, the ones in there now have just got to come down. Yeah, I suppose they do. What do you think of red? Well, I guess it's all... Ellis? Some tomcat. Ellis, it... it sounded in the house. Aw, now how could it be in the house, Jamie? We've been over every inch of the house. Except... that closet. Now how could a cat... Or anything else be in a closet that's been locked for over a year? I don't know. Yeah, probably under the house. A wildcat or a mountain lyre or something. I hear they have them in California. Alice, I don't like it. Well, neither do I. There's nothing we can do about it tonight. Maybe we ought to call somebody. The police or some neighbor? Uh, don't be silly, Jamie. You act like a kid. Come on, let's go to bed, huh? Alright, I suppose it's silly. Ellis, did you lock the door? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I turn off the lights now? Yeah, all right. Good night, Ellis. Sleep tight. Good night, Jamie. I don't know what time it was. Perhaps an hour? Perhaps only a half hour later? My mind was in that hazy borderline between sleep and a dream that's still a part of consciousness. And I was awake. Are you alright? Yes. Did you have a nightmare or something? No. I heard it too. Well, that didn't sound like any cat. Put on the light. Yeah. It it seemed to be out there, Ellis, in the house somewhere. I'm gonna look into this. Ellis, you be careful. 
Come on. Wh- where's my shotgun? In the den, I think. Jamie. What? There's there's something wet. What? Wet? Running from under the closet door. Sticky. Alice, don't don't touch it. Uh, I have to, Jamie. It's it's blood. It cannot be too difficult to understand from the foregoing why I have taken the pains to set down in writing the events related to here. To find in one's newly rented house a closet, which cannot be opened in itself, certainly no great cause for alarm, but to be awakened in the stillness of the night by unearthly cries within that house, to find oozing from under the closet door something that is unquestionably blood, that's another matter. Perhaps others might have been braver than we. Suffice it only to say that we got out of the house in something very close to a panic, and only returned when we had the moral support of two Los Angeles policemen. You uh, just moved in here, you say? That's right, officer. You can see we're still unpacking. And the place has been empty right along before that. Yeah, I don't know much about that part of it. You can check all of that with the real estate agent, though. Well, where is this closet? Oh, it's right in here, officer. And the blood. The blood is... Where? Where is the blood? Jamie? Officer, I swear to you, there was blood on the floor less than an hour ago. I I saw it. Uh Uh-huh. It was running out from under that door. We heard a noise, and we got up, and we saw it. The door was locked. Locked, huh? I... Well, it seems to be all right now. Hey, uh, you folks aren't trying to be funny, are ya? Uh, isn't there anything in it? No, sir, there is not. Uh, Look, officer, we're reputable people. You can call my firm. They'll tell you all about me. Well, there's nothing wrong with this closet. Walls are solid, no trap doors. If you think I'm lying, you... Well, I didn't say that, mister. Oh, you probably did hear some sort of noise and you got a little panicky and, uh... What about the blood? It got all over my hands. It isn't there now, is it? Yes. Where? I... I feel it. Now, you folks just take it easy, you know? You're liable to hear all kinds of noises up in these canyons at night. You're, uh, from the east, you say? Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, officer. Oh, that's alright, that's alright. If you have any real trouble, call us on any time. Alright. Well... Good night. Good night. Good night. Hey! <laughs> you want to have this door fixed? That's enough to scare you. Yeah, we're, um, gonna have it fixed. We didn't say much about it after that. There wasn't much that could be said. The next day, I went down to a lot and bought a little Christmas tree and some trimmings, and we tried to pretend we were cheerful, but... There was an uneasiness between us that had never been there before. Ellis seemed tired and listless. Several times during the day, I noticed him washing his hands with a a brush, scrubbing the one that had touched the blood. That night, we each took a sleeping pill and went to bed. It was some time after midnight when I was suddenly awake, staring into the darkness. In some way, I... I knew at once, instinctively, what had awakened me. Ellis was not in his bed, nor in the room. The nameless thing I had feared gripped at my heart until I could barely breathe. I opened the bedroom door and started through the house, putting on every light that I could find. There was not much to search, but I searched thoroughly, 
the the living room, the kitchen, bathroom, den, even the garage. And all the time, the dread of looking where I knew last I must look. For I think I knew from the very first time where I'd find him. It must have been a full minute that I stood before the closet door. Then I opened it. He stood there, rigid, his arms at his side, his fingers extended like claws. His hair was over his face. His eyes stared out of it. His lips were drawn back in a grin like an animal at bay. For a moment, I was frozen with the horror of it. I stretched out my hand. Very hesitant, he turned his head and sunk his teeth until they met into the flesh of my forearm. I raised my hand to strike at him, but already he had relaxed his hold and gone utterly limp. He would have fallen unless I had caught him, carried him into the bedroom and laid him on the bed. Strangely, at that moment, my only thought was how I might retrieve him. Until I saw that it was... It was not a faint, but a sleep that he'd fallen into. A sleep as deep and heavy as though he'd been drugged. And so I left him. But for me, that night, there was no sleep. <sighs> Jamie? Yes, Ellis? What are you doing up so early? Oh, I got a little restless and went out to make some coffee. Ugh, I had the most wonderful sleep. And I feel so rested. Do you? Mm-hmm. Jamie! What? What's the matter with your arm? Oh, I just hurt it. Well, it's it's terribly swollen. L let me see it. No, it's all right, Ellis. It isn't all right. You gotta see Dr. Westleaf right away. Sure, I will. No, now you promised me, Jamie, that you'll go first thing this morning. How'd it happen? Oh, I... Um, there was a dog. Dog? Yeah, I heard him trying to chew through the screen door and I went out to chase him and he bit me. Well, you mean with all that racket and I didn't even wake up? No, Ellis. You didn't even wake up. It was clear to me that Ellis knew nothing of what had transpired the night before. I went to my office that morning and made a pretense of going over my routine business if only to restore my mind in some semblance of calm by the sight and sound of common, familiar things. The pain in my arm had become unbearable, dull throbbing. I made a late appointment with Dr. Westleaf. He treated my arm with something of an arched eyebrow and said, Well, I've never seen anything quite like it before. That is, such a rapid onset of infection. It was dark when I left his office. I hadn't realized it was so late. Driving home, my car seemed... seemed sluggish. Until I saw the needle on the dashboard and realized that I was pushing it to the utmost of its speed. I was racing home to prevent... prevent... Uh, prevent... something before it was too late. Before the darkness conspired against me, for somehow, I already knew with certainty that it was the darkness and the night that I had to fear. 
The curves of the canyon seemed endless. The cold fear reached up inside me. My house, too, was dark. I went up slowly on the stone steps from the road, looking, praying for some sign of light or life. There was none. The house was empty. Ellis was gone. I looked with the same self-torturing thoroughness and, and in that closet first of all. Knowing as I did so, it was hopeless. And so, alone in that empty house I waited, powerless, helpless now, deadened in the thought and will, empty as the house itself, save only for the overwhelming sense of a terrible foreboding. Sometimes, in the early hours of the morning, I snapped on the radio. Shortwave. Why? Surely a minor question. I only know that I did. And then I heard it. Car 58. Car 58. Go to Laurel Canyon. On the 400 block. A report that a man has been injured or attacked. The condition thought to be critical. Ambulance will follow. That is all. I was almost there before the police. Edging my way through the little crowd, staring down at the man lying there in his white uniform under the streetlight. Yeah, the milkman. Poor guy. I heard him scream, but when I got here, he was just like this. Alright, stand back! Stand back! Please, stand back! Well, you again. I heard it on the radio. I live just down the road. Yeah, yeah, I remember. What happened? Well, take a look. Maybe you can tell us. He was dead. And he was lying on his back, and his throat had been torn out as though by the fangs of some wild animal. It is now Christmas Eve, or rather, Christmas morning, for it's a little after midnight. I've been waiting here, in the stillness of this empty house for nearly 24 hours, waiting for it to end. Already once tonight, I heard that dreadful wailing cry somewhere in the hills. I've nailed up the closet door, but that I know was childish. Useless. My arm is horribly swollen and turning black, but that's nothing. It's another end that I foresee as as surely as other men foresee the rising sun. I hear the cry again. It's nearer now. I shall leave these notes in a sealed envelope and put it in a shoebox and hope that someone will know these dark and terrible events. If, indeed, such nameless horrors can ever yield to the mortal understanding. As for myself, I feel no longer any fear or sorrow, only a desire that the end and the thing I must do may come soon. And it will be soon, I know. Yes. For there's someone at the door. Someone at the door. Huh, what do you make of it, Sam? It's quite a yarn. Well, what of it? That's what I thought. Now listen, that's not quite all of it. Oh? Clip to it's a newspaper clipping. Listen, 
Hollywood, December the 26th. Police reported what was apparently a case of murder and suicide in Cypress Canyon sometime in the early hours of the morning. The victims were Jamie A. Woods, a chemical engineer, and her husband, Ellis. Preliminary investigation indicates that Mr. Woods was killed by the blast of a gunshot in the hands of his wife, who then turned the weapon upon herself. He fought desperately for his life, however, it was evident by the disorder of the room and severe lacerations afflicted upon his wife about the neck and arms. This is the second tragedy to be reported in Cypress Canyon within 24 hours, the other being the unexplained death of Frank Pelosky, a milkman. Well, no such murders, or whatever they were, ever occurred. If that's what's worrying you, a clipping, well, you can have those things printed up, you know. Oh, no, it's not that, Sam. The story was found in an unfinished house in Cypress Canyon. No number, no nothing. Just a framework. Uh-huh. Now that house is finished. When I drove by today, but that's what stopped me, Sam. Because it all fits, now that it's finished. It is the house in the story. The same construction, the same vines and creepers on the lawn, even the same number. So what? A guy who knows roughly what his house is going to be like writes a yarn and loses it or something? Did he know the place was going to be listed for rental today? The Saturday before Christmas? Jerry, coincidence. Two bits, you find the guy next door is a ghost story writer or something, and he's been wondering for a year what happened to that thing he wrote. Okay. Okay, coincidence. I'm sorry I bothered you, Sam. Don't be silly. I liked it. It's a good yarn. Uh, that the for rent sign you were talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna put it outside now. Uh Uh-huh. Well, so long, Jerry, and Merry Christmas again. Yeah, well, thanks, Sam. (laughs) I guess it was kind of silly of me, all right. Listen, when a guy named, uh, whatever it is, Woods, with a husband named Ellis comes in to rent that place from you, then you can start worrying. Yeah? Well, so long, Sam. So long, Jerry. Come in! Oh, we're sorry to bother you, but we just happened to see the for rent sign outside. Yeah, I hung it up just this minute. Is is the house available? Why, sure, sure it is. Uh, let me introduce myself. My name is Jamie A. Woods, and this is my husband, Ellis. How do you do? Wow, looks like it's fixing yes, to Yes, ra- it does, doesn't it? Suspense. That was The House in Cypress Canyon, a radio play known as one of the most terrifying programs broadcast during radio's golden age. Do you agree? Written by Robert L. Richards, but today it was produced, edited, and directed by Sadie Jensen, right here on KMIH 88.9 The Bridge, starring Annabelle Haggerty as Sam, Caroline Capuano as Jerry, Sadie Jensen as Jamie, and Jonathan Agar as Ellis, also featuring Jenna, Sophia, Theo, Luca, Paige, Kate, Yasmin, Teresa, and finally me, Joe Bryant, in the house of Cypress Canyon. Happy Halloween!